It's funny because as he was talking, I kept looking at a few things inside myself. It was very strange. The things that popped up as he was talking, certain words would be key words to key me off on something. And when we were forming this action of service in the world back in the 80s, and we were trying to come up with a name for it, we finally decided to call it Inner Light Ministries because we really are here to serve the inner light, not the outer light. The outer light, that which is of the world, it already has a system, it runs itself, and it doesn't need somebody ministering to it. But the inner light, it really does need someone ministering to it, to assist it, to give it clarity, to keep refocusing people back to the inner light. And it was very odd at the very beginning of all this because people would be working on paperwork and I'd have to call somebody at some administration office for the government with IRS and trying to get the nonprofit approved. Or I had to go down and fill out papers, you know, filling it out for Interlight Ministries and talking to people about Interlight Ministries. And people would go, What's Interlight Ministries? What does that do? And but the funniest thing was, most people, especially in the beginning, would call it Interlight Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they'd go, what do you do with, with Interlight Mysteries? What is, what is, what is, what is, what is, do you write books? Or, you know, and it was just so strange. And then I thought, you know, this is a mystery. It really is the inner light is the mystery. The outer light isn't such a mystery. It's just something that is a challenge often, but it's not a mystery. But the inner light really is a mystery. So I thought maybe that's the more appropriate name for it, inner light mystery. So as, as Brian was talking tonight, I was thinking about how it is really a, a mystery in a way. There is a mysterious quality to this inner pathway, this inner dynamic, and something that we really want, and we really say that we, we spend time focusing on, but it still stays a mystery. I meet people that have meditated for 5, 10, 15 years, and yet the inner experiences that they've had are minuscule, just such small portions of awareness have come up for them, and it is still just such a mystery. The one thing that we want to do here with Inner Light Mysteries <laughs> is take away the mystery, and that's the ministry. <laughs> we want to answer questions, give clarity, give definition, give direction, bring about understanding through your own experience. Not because we say so, but because you have experienced it. And the thing that we're discovering more and more is a lot of people do have experience in their meditations or experience in their dreams or experience in their daily lives where something internally does come up and they began to glimpse into a greater depth of understanding than they had before. But because a lot of the inner language and the spiritual language is symbolic in nature, a lot of times we misinterpret the symbols. Or we don't understand the symbols and we take the symbols literally. Just like a lot of people look at the Bible and they take it literally. 
They take all that is written in that book and take it literally. This is God's word. This is what it means. We have to do it as it is written. But the thing is, it's not. It truly is a book of symbols. It is a symbol book that if we can begin to break down and understand what the symbols in the Bible are about, we can begin to understand the teachings better. Well, we are the Bible. We are a Bible. Every moment of our life, from the moment we take our first breath to the moment we take our last breath, we are writing a book of life. And that book of life contains every thought, every feeling, every experience, every action, every reaction that we go through in our life, consciously and unconsciously, awake and asleep, there's our Bible. And it tells everything about the experience of this one lifetime. And we have volumes of those. And yet we don't really understand it. We can go back and read our journals and not really understand, well, what did that mean? Or what was that color about? And why that person is in my dream? I haven't seen or heard from them in 32 years. Why are they there now? What do I do with that? Do I have to go find them? Is there something I've got to work out with them now? I, I've got to go see where they are? I'll get on Facebook and I'll find them somehow. And see, I'll tell them I had a dream about them and is there anything I need to do about that? You know? Well, I, I say that because I've heard of it happening. You know, I had, uh, I had a, a lady who called me one time and she had had a dream that such and such friend was going to die. Do I need to tell her she's going to die? <laughs> you know, what do I do with this dream? You know, I haven't, I haven't talked to her in a while, but maybe I need to call and tell her she's going to die. And so we went through this whole dream and this whole experience that she had and broke down the symbols, and at the end of it, she just realized that that woman symbolized something inside of her that was now coming awake inside of her that she needed to deal with. So that that energy and that conscious focus of being in that way could die. That part of her had to die in order for her to live on. It wasn't about her friend was going to die. It was that what she symbolized in her was going to die. So if we take it literally, we're going to be doing certain things in the world a certain way. But if we can understand the symbology, then we're going to walk our life very differently. And that's why Brian and I are in this world. We are here to walk with you on the center pathway and on the center journey. And we are here to help you to understand the center pathway. We don't want you walking around with the mystery of this walk. We want you to understand what this walk is about. Why are you taking this journey? Why are you doing this meditation? Why are you waking up? And we want you to have all of that happening with as greatest clarity as possible. So we share with you as much as we can. And yes, I know there's a lot of repetition in it. But isn't that how a dog learns to do a trick. 
No, no, roll over. No, roll. No, you don't. I know you know how to sit. Roll over. <laughs> you know, you just keep saying it until they do it. Well, we just keep saying it until you do it. <laughs> no, no, no. Wake up inside. Wake up. Bark. Speak. That's right. So, this action that we are doing is here to help you in that. We're not here to help you in the world. We aren't about what your daily life events are about. That's not what we're here for. We're here for your inner journey, for your inner clarity. And we're here to answer your questions, to give direction, to give clarity, to break down those symbols. That way, once you know your symbol, if you have it show up again, you go, oh, that's what it means. And that's important to know. That's really important to know. What is my inner language? What is the language that my consciousness is speaking with God and God's language is speaking to me? And once you understand that, then you can begin to walk this journey in a clear fashion. So, you know, I know we're busy, we're doing a lot all the time, but if you write us with something, with an email, and there's something there that we have to share, we will. We are going to do our part, and we do. I think for the most part, those of you that do write know that we do give clarity, we do assist, we do show up and do what we need to be doing with you. So, we are the teacher, and we are here to assist. Use this, just like you, if you're smart going to, to school, you've used your teacher in order to get clear answers. You've used them as a tutor, you've used them in some form or another to get the answer to situations in your class so that you can pass. But more than just pass, because this isn't just about passing but it's about learning, it's about understanding, it's about having the wisdom, the knowledge to be able to do what you're learning about in school. Well, this is a school. This is the inner mysteries, the inner school of understanding the truth of who you are as soul and your relationship to God in that. This is a mystery school. And in ancient times, that's exactly what it was called. There were the outer mystery schools and the inner mystery schools. And the outer mystery schools were schools of philosophy. And in Greece, you would go and you would attend as a student to the schools of philosophy of Aristotle and Socrates and Plato and so many others. And then as you did your outer work in the outer mystery schools, they would take you on a journey with the inner mystery schools. And there they taught you the inner pathway. And not everybody did it. There were a lot of people that attended the outer mystery schools that they did the outer mysteries all the way through, learned it, was able to go out and do their job, their career, their profession, their talent, but they never walked the inner mystery school. 
They never walked the inner self. But there were those that did. And they got the greater teaching. They got the clarity. Jesus did the same thing. It wasn't a school per se, but he had the outer teachings in which he taught the parables to the 505,000 and to the 70 and 500, he taught direct knowledge. The initiates got direct knowledge. They got the understanding, the clarity. They broke down the symbols and they got the inner walk laid out before them through the path of meditation, of sound and light. And to the 5,000, he taught them parables that they might begin to get the truth. They might begin to see for themselves something taking place inside of them that a parable talked about that they might begin to apply in their life differently. And one place that we see that very, very clearly is in the schools in Greece. Greece had the inner and the outer mystery schools. They wrote comedy and tragedy plays, and they performed them religiously, if you will, on stage for all in the community to come and attend. Everybody came and attended these, these plays, and they all saw the same play. But for some, they saw a play, and they applauded, and they got up and they left, and felt entertained, and for others, they were there taking notes, if you will, learning from what it was that was being said, how and why it was being played out the way it was, and what was being said behind the words was more important. The inner mystery, there was direct teaching in all the plays, but only the few got it. For the many, it was just time of entertainment and get up and go back to the world again. It's the same with the plays of Shakespeare and the sonnets. In there is such direct teaching and yet very few really get the inner teachings of what Shakespeare put down on pen and paper. But he knew how the inner and the outer mystery schools worked. And he played it beautifully, just beautifully. And for the few, they got it. They understood it. And they even took initiation with those that were initiating at the time. But for the majority, it went right over their head. It was just a great time. A good escape for a moment from the life. Sometimes it was quite miserable. And they just left the learning at the seat or at the place they stood watching the play rather than take something with them. So what do we do here? What do we do in this mystery school, this inner light mystery? Do you come and listen? Do you listen to CDs? Do you read the books? Do you read the journal that we send out three times a year? And you get all these words? 
and you think you have it figured out and understand what we're talking about, but don't put anything into practice? Do you do your meditations daily? And do you work in that meditation to stay awake in the meditation so that you can begin to see and to feel and to hear and to know and to experience what is there inside? Do you take it as something that is of value and really do it with thought and intention and clarity and loving and purpose? Or do you do it because you think you have to? Or maybe this will help me get out of here? Or maybe I'll find a solution for a problem in my life right now so I'll spend some time doing this? Why do you meditate if you meditate? And if you don't meditate, why don't you meditate? There's an interesting story and an interesting answer to each and every one of those questions and statements. And there's nothing wrong with any of it. It's just saying to you, take a look at what you do. Take a look at what you think. Take a look at what you feel. Take a look and see why. Take a look and see, are you being conscious? Or are you just walking through life rather unconscious? Maybe very unconscious. One way that you can find out very quickly is start journaling if you don't. And if you do, go back and read your journal. You may find some things in there that you have forgotten. You may begin to look at it and begin to see the symbols because all of a sudden what you had in a meditation two months ago all of a sudden will relate to something that is unfolding for you right now today. But you forgot all about it. Or maybe you'll see an answer to a situation in your life right now about how to approach, how to forgive, how to accept, how to be, how to move, how to let go of. And it'll be right there in an experience demonstrating to you that God is doing what God can do to answer, to give clarity, to give direction, to give focus, to give purpose. But the thing to really truly remember is that this inner pathway, this inner light mystery and ministry is about you having a relationship with God directly. About you having a direct relationship with the Lord. That's what this is about. It isn't about getting answers and solutions and all that I just talked about. It really is about you sitting down and letting go of everything and just focusing your loving on the Lord and let God love you. That's why your soul was created in the first place. Why not go back to its original purpose? Your soul has a purpose. It has a purpose. You have a purpose in the world, and your soul has a purpose in its being. In its being in existence, and its being in this world right now. Go back to what that original purpose was, and is, and always will be. Your soul was created that God could put loving in action. 
God needed something of God's self out here, separate from God, to love, in order to put love into action. Love unexpressed, love not in motion, is what? Nothing. Haven't you ever felt that? You just shut down, don't allow yourself to love anyone, you don't allow anybody to love you, and you feel empty, you feel cold, you feel separated, you feel alone. But if you put loving into motion, you begin to feel loving moving inside of you. And you begin to realize, I am loving. Look, I can love. I'm loving this. And that which you put your love out to will love you. Whether it be a plant, a dog, or another person, or God. God created your soul for a purpose that God could put loving into action, into real, true motion. So God created your soul and scattered us across God's creation so that God could love the creation and love that which is in the creation, us, the soul. And God created the soul that we might receive that loving and then share back loving with God so that the loving could stay in motion. God would love us and we would love God. God would love us and we would love God. And the loving would stay in motion eternally through this love affair with God. And God could know God's self in the fullest way by this action. Your soul has a purpose, but your mind doesn't allow you to know that. Your mind tells you you have a different purpose. And it's all about this world. And it's all about possessions, creations, ownership, love, whatever it is. Look and see, what is the mind telling you you were created for? Oh, you're supposed to be the prettiest person in the world. You're supposed to be the wealthiest. You're supposed to have so many people loving you all the time. They're just going to fall in love with you when you walk in the room. Well, is what your mind has told you you're here to do work? Does it make you happy? Is it happening? I would almost dare say no. The mind is a great weaver of illusion. Look around you, this is all illusion, and the mind has created it all. But if we could get back in touch with our soul, lift ourselves up above the mind and this creation of the mind, and get in touch with who we truly are and the purpose of who we really are, then we have something very different taking place. We move to simplicity. We move to that state of our original purpose, 
which is loving. And how do you do that? Sit down every day, close your eyes, and begin just sharing your loving with the Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. And then allow God's loving in. It's just that simple. I just did it. It's just that simple. There's no need to make it hard. You make it hard, and it is going to be a challenge. You are the loving. There's not going to be difficulty in you loving. That's who you are. And stop saying, well, I don't feel the loving. I can't feel it. I can't see it. I don't know it. I keep saying, it doesn't matter if you feel it or see it or know it or believe it. Just do it. Just put the loving in action by loving the Lord. And you, in time, maybe not that day, but in time, as you do the meditation, you do this action of sharing the loving with the Lord regularly, daily, you are going to know the true movement of loving. The true movement of loving, not the ego, mind, make-believe love, but the true movement of loving. And it doesn't have attachment, and it doesn't have this grandiose, and it doesn't have need, and it doesn't have being needed. It is just loving. And as you share your loving with the Lord and begin to say, God, and I open to receive your loving, you're going to not believe it. You're not going to open up. You're not going to allow it. And that's okay. But as you say it over and over and over, roll over, come on, roll over. Open up. Let God's loving in. Open up. Let God's loving in. There'll be a day when all of a sudden the door opens. Ooh, what was that? Oh my goodness. And you'll just know. It will come in. And I'll promise you this. Once that door opens, you will never let it close. That's what waking up is. Wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. Open the door and don't let it close up again. The only way you let that door close up is if you stop the meditation and get engrossed and caught up in the mind and the world once again. This meditation is about lifting above the mind. Lifting above the mind and waking up to the truth of who you are as soul. That's why we look up so that we can focus our attention above this creation and above the mind that has entrapped us here, so that we can truly wake up once again and know the truth of who we are here at the seat of the soul and beyond in all that is of spirit. There is nothing that you are here to do but to do that. And yeah, I know you have to get an education, you have to get a job, you have to make a living, you've got to pay the bills, 
You have to do the things in this world while you're in this world. Why? Why, why, why am I in this world? Why do I have to do all this petty little stuff? Because this is where the lessons are. This is where the opportunity for your growth is. This is where you have created a lot of imbalance by reactions in last lifetime, lifetimes before, and in this lifetime that you have to bring back into balance. You have lessons to learn about acceptance and loving and forgiving, about being responsible for yourself and your thoughts and your feelings. And this is where we do that, is in the world where we created it. So we're back once again to complete that, to learn that, to finish it. And we're also here because this is where the school of mystery is. This is the greatest mystery of all. To be in the world of separation when all we want is to be back in oneness. And to be in the mystery of not knowing and not understanding and having the mind do everything it can to block us from knowing and understanding. We are here for a purpose. That purpose that you think you're here for will change the day you allow that door to open and let God's loving in. It begins to change the day you sit down and begin a true meditation of holding your attention on the light and the sound upon the sacred name of God and begin to share your loving with God in that moment. That's when your life changes. Just doing that. Not experiencing anything, but just doing that. And say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to share my loving with you now. I'm going to do it by chanting your name. I'm going to do it by looking and watching for the light that leads the way. And I'm going to listen for the inner sound that calls home. Here I am, Lord, let's do this. That's where it all begins. And where does it end? It ends with you still being in the body, still doing your daily chores. Hope you get a good allowance for it. <laughs> Maybe at least a biscuit for rolling over. <laughs> but it ends with you knowing your oneness in the Lord, knowing that God truly, truly, truly has always loved you and loves you now and always will, and that you are God's loving in manifestation, and you are living that loving while you are in this body and in this world, and you no longer know separation, you know oneness even while you live in a body of separation. I know that is true. I know that is true. Brian knows that is true. And you know what? You all know it's true too. Or at least you hope it is. Give up the hope. 
Stop hoping. Stop having faith. This isn't a pathway of hope and faith. This is a pathway of living and knowing and doing it daily, doing it every moment. You are God. You are divine. You are the living love of the Lord. Be that. Do that. Don't play this game that the mind has hypnotized you with. You are getting sleepy. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Well, isn't that what it does? <laughs> it is. That's exactly what the mind does every day. And then it goes, chocolate cake. No, pay attention, chocolate cake. Forget the Lord, chocolate cake. Do that one when you give a Q and a Q&A, do the chicken thing. What's that? <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> the chicken thing? <laughs> In high school, I did a hypnosis show where they, the guy hypnotized oh. them, and when they heard a certain song or he said a certain word, they all went, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. <laughs> When the phone rings and they start clicking like a chicken? Yes. <laughs> but that's what we do. We're programmed. We've been programmed, and it's time now to be deprogrammed. Oh, my God, it sounds like a cult. We were in a cult. Well, the mind is the cult. You know, join the group, you know. Join the cult. Well, the mind is the cult. The mind is brainwashed you. And now you've got to break free of it by getting above the mind and wake up to the truth of who you really are. So I hope this doesn't sound like a scolding, but I hope it does. I hope that you get the energy behind it, because it's time. If you don't do it now, which lifetime will it be? And I really do mean that. Which lifetime is it going to be? Is it going to be the next time? Maybe in China? And we'll all sit around with our noodles? And talk about God? Well, we've done it before. 5,000 years ago is where a lot of this energy for all of us started. We sat in China. We sat in the East. And we talked about this then. And we have moved steadily around the planet to India, to Egypt, Israel, Greece, England, the United States, and now it's going back over to China. Up in Hawaii, I'm right. Right. <laughs> well, this is the last stop before starting all over again. So you're saying if we're reborn, we will not be Chinese? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where all the money's going. That's where all the lead poison is. <laughs> yeah, really. That is if you don't finish in Hawaii. We're finishing here. Well, that's why I'm saying this with a voice of strength. Because I want you to really know and think about this and hear it. This is important. There is nothing more important than your soul. There is nothing more important than your salvation. 
And this is about salvation. God wants to save you from this creation. But you've got to do the work to save yourselves. You put yourself in this place, and you've got to get yourself out of it.